Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We have a very interesting, unique, special episode today. That's not the response I was expecting to hear. It's not what I expected to say either. <laughs> Just kind of happened. Of, all of a sudden, we're going to the corner of the street, hollowing for a dollar. DJ Colin! I don't know what's happening. I, mean, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, the episode this week is going to be Island Beer. And that is because, A, I have returned from Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean and had a wonderful craft beer experience there that I'd like to share. And, B, we will be having our roving beer reporter making his first appearance on the show. Joe Fisher was in Hawaii for the Hawaii Beer Festival and got to go speak to some people and try some beer. So he's going to give us the lowdown on Hawaii beer. Sounds and great. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on Red Stripe and, and all that jazz. Other generic beer from the Caribbean <laughs> and islands. Yeah. I guess. So we'll get to, it'll be mostly Hawaii based, but I do want to share my Turks and Caicos experience in our weekend beer part here early on. You can find us all over the place. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, 1080thefan.com, Stitcher. And as we found out yesterday, we're on some weird site called Omni.fm, O-M-N-Y.fm. Omni. So you can also find us there if that's the site that you use. Omni. And then on social media, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 and Patrick's at P Diddy 085 on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Been getting a lot of of tweets sent to me of beers that people are drinking. Saw Zoigelhaus, saw Bowie come in. Uh, one of our listeners is always sending me beer uh, pictures, so I've been having fun keeping uh, keeping an eye on that. And also, uh, one of our listeners, RJ, sent me a picture of the three way from a story or from Fort George this year. Ah, uh, yes. He went out to Astoria. Astoria. I'm always going to hate saying that correctly. Um, Astoria, and it went to the release party of Three Way, which we actually did as Beer of the Week way back in episode five, I think it was. Oh, that's right. Our when bottle we shop episode. Cerveza, yeah. And I brought it over. I was like, hey, this looks like a big thing. And you were like, Mike, no. Yeah, no. This is a hazy. Don't make me do it. Well, we did it. And it actually wasn't that bad for a hazy. But uh, we'll we'll probably try that as our Beer of the Week when we see it on shelves more uh, in the next week or two, just because why not? It's a big deal release every single year. I it think always is. Ruse and uh, Cloud Chaser are the other two. Cloud Burst. Cloud Burst. And I like sport. What is the... Cloud Chaser? Is that a metal know. band? I don't know. It might be a metal band. Cloud Burst. People chasing clouds. Are the other two, uh, ooh, chasing dragons, <laughs> are the other two breweries on there. So they're good breweries that are that are with Fort George. So we will see for ourselves how that beer tastes at some point soon. It is not our beer of the week this week, though. Um, before we get into bringing Joe into the podcast and talking about Hawaii, I wanted to share my trip to Turks and Caicos. So I've been to the Caribbean a couple of times, and each country has their one beer. That is the beer that they all drink, and it's really, really common there. Okay. Jamaica's Red Stripe, right? Okay. That is the biggest brewery in Jamaica. The beer is everywhere. Wherever we were, there was Red Stripe. I don't know if I've ever had a Red Stripe in my life. It's typical, easy, light-drinking beach beer. Okay. Um, 
Dominican Republic has El Presidente, I think it's called. And um, I tried that actually in Turks because it was there. And again, simple, easy drinking, light beach beer. I think that's kind of the trend of Caribbean beers is really just you want to have six or seven of them and not feel overly full and bubbled out or have heavy stouts because it's 900 bajillion degrees with high humidity every day. But in Turks and Caicos, the local brewery there was called Turks Head Brewing. And believe it or not, this place is a craft brewery. That's awesome. <laughs> and um, they have their their usual beers that they have out there. They've got, a, they just call it the light. They've got a lager, which are very, very similar Caribbean beers. But they also bottle an amber and they bottle a an IPA. And they have those at stores and at, at restaurants everywhere. And we actually went, and I have to give a shout out to my friends, uh, Mark and Ken and Shannon and Jess, who were all there with me, they said, you better shut us out if we're going to listen to your podcast. So I went, okay. Um, we, went, we went to Turk's Head Brewing, the actual place, and it was in this weird place on the island, a really industrial area. We didn't know where we were going, and we went up into the brewery, and it was awesome. And the owner of the brewery is a Canadian, ah. and uh, he had all these hops all lay- laid out, not on the bar, but on like this windowsill behind the bar, and there were Cascade hops up there, and he was... He's actually a real craft brewer. It wasn't just your typical light, easy drinking beer that you get in the Caribbean. He had a quad on tap. He had a sour on tap. He had a cider on tap. All stuff that he had made. Uh, he also had a rye. Um, I think it was just a rye lager on on tap as well, which was really good. Actually, one of my favorite ones there. And they were all quality peers. And he was a nice dude. There so must, it, was, it was a fun experience. That must be a tough life. I'm going to move from Canada to Turks and make beer. <laughs> Basically, and I didn't really know what to expect when I went there, but it was kind of cool to pick his brain a little bit. And he knew all about the Northwest Hop Riddles mm-hmm. because he's a craft brewer. He's yeah, not right. just using the generic stuff. And uh, met a very nice couple from San Diego who had been to Portland many a time, and they were a big craft beer couple. So they, they went to GABF when you were there uh, cool. in Denver, and uh, they have been to Portland many times and tried a bunch of breweries. So it was kind of cool to, to chat with them, and I really, really enjoyed the beer. It was good. Yeah, see, beer is such a small world that you can... You know, if you run into people that are big, big into beer, like, that's what's so great about living in this area, because there's a good chance they either know about us or they've been here. And they had great names at this brewery for the beers. They were all using, like, the local slang. Okay. So the lager was Iangalai Lager, and then Gone to Nort Amber, Down the Road IPA, (laughs) I Soon Reach Light, and then uh, he makes a bunch of others. It's... I'm telling you, it was actually really good. That's right. That's I was right. really, really pleasantly surprised. So I that mean, was that was my experience in Turks and Caicos, which, by the way, an amazing place to go if you want to go to a Caribbean island that is easy with English speaking and they take the American dollar and it's just kind of simple and safe. 100% recommend Turks and Caicos because it is one of the easiest Caribbean vacations I've ever taken. If I am ever there, I will go to this brewery. Yes, it's really the only brewery there. So <laughs> it's the only choice you're going to have. But it was a ton of fun. And if you're ever there... Uh, make sure you go out there and, and say hi. Holla. Holla. For a dollar. Um, what about your weekend beer before we slide on over to our guest of the day? Um, I just got back from Idaho, which is kind of like an island of its own. <laughs> um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I was going to say something, but I'm going to stop. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous there. Just don't talk to anybody. They're all psychopaths. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, you you kept talking. <laughs> uh, I was out in kind of the middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere Idaho, doing some rafting um, with some friends and some trip we do every single year. And uh, so I've been out there most of it, and I drank a lot of beer. Um, I ended up drinking, I don't know, I just drank a ton of, like, Stay West. 
Mm. I just brought a crap load out there. But I but I also brought and That's drank easy. some some like Oakshire's cucumber sour for a little refreshing once I got off the river. Um I drank some Wrath of Chuck from Grains of Wrath Chuck in a collab. I also drank the Grains of Wrath Mexican Lager. Um do, 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 do. had had somebody there who's the owner and head brewmaster at Moscow Brewing Company in Moscow. And I thought the beers were cool. And yeah, that's kind of it. There is one beer that I had this week that I have not that was not a big fan of. Um, I feel okay saying it, but uh, it was Elysian, and it was I think it's called some, Salute the Sun, and it yeah. was a pale ale. And my wife picked it up for me at the supermarket. She's like, "Oh, you like pale ales? Here's a new one that I just saw." I was like, "Okay, I, I don't I I do actually like Elysian's beer most of the time. Uh-huh. It's made with black limes, and I don't." I don't like it. That sounds awful. I you, really, really don't like it. You shouldn't be drinking their beer anyway. Well, I know. That's why I felt okay bringing it up because of, uh, you know. Them being sellouts. The fact that they were purchased. I yeah. wasn't going to use the word sellout. They, I will. They were purchased. But uh, I still tend to enjoy some of their beers, and I will uh, I will drink them every now and, now and again. But I saw this, and I was like, cool. This is a really cool bottle. And I have started to like pale ales. And I saw it was made of black limes, and I went, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but I'm going to give it a try. There's still two in my fridge, and I'm like, well either got to finish them or just toss them and that seems like a waste so oh i do remember that i did drink some i had some sips of grand teton brewing okay. out of idaho and they were ipas and it was i'm still looking for the hops there was so malty <laughs> so malty that it was just like woof uh that's not that's not my favorite style of beer to drink. Multi IPAs. Sure. Multi yeah. IPAs are not my favorite. Well, apologies for not having the best experience in with your Idaho beers, but guess what? You live in Portland and you can come back and have great beers again. That is true. Hooray! Hooray! All right, let's move on to the guest of the day. We are calling him our roving reporter, Joe Fisher, who is here after he has returned from his solo vacation to hawaii which is a bold move cotton yeah very bold (laughs) move uh and sure as hell glad that i did it in the maui brewers festivals where i went and that was definitely a highlight of the trip i felt like i was at home there was so much beer around me you know so it felt like i was right at home so let's start so you went there actually let's start with the story of how you got to get go to the maui (laughs) brewers festival and do an interview and and all that so Share the story. Yeah, so I planned my trip way ahead of time, like nine months. So as I get closer and closer, I'm just trying to see what's happening while I'm there. Sure enough, the weekend, the Saturday that I'm there is the Maui Brewers Festival. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty cool. It's like, I'd love to go and do that. Check it out. $65 for general admission. Mm. Now, as uh, both of you know, the radio industry, uh, they're not paying the big bucks. What? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Newsflash. Uh, so sixty-five dollars. I was like, ah, oh, gosh, I really want to go to that. That's just a little. I don't know. That's a little bit too much. Obviously, I'm going to Maui. I had things planned. I knew I was going to be spending a lot of money. And Hawaii over is there. expensive to go. Yes, to. everything. So the sixty-five. It sounded steep to me. So I started thinking hypothetically. I was like, oh, it'd be maybe I can go there as like a reporter or something for Mike and Patrick. Beers on us. And I even threw out the guy idea to you. I think Mike one time you were like, "Yeah, probably not likely." And I was thinking, I was like, you "I know wasn't. What? I wasn't expecting them to say, oh, yeah, you're a reporter.' I was expecting them to be like, no, no, no. So <laughs> good try.' I did fluff up a good little email to the people at the Maui uh, Cultural Center there because that's where the event was taking place in uh, Kahului, right there, which is like the metro part of Maui, I guess you could say. And I told them that I was a producer 
for the Beers on Us podcast. Yeah. Which all that work that you've done on this podcast. Yes, exactly. Just (laughs) tiresome work. Um, So working in that email, I sent it over and. They were all good with it. I got in contact with the marketing director for the festival as well, uh, Bob, which helped me out getting me a pass. Now, when I got there and I had to go get the pass, of course, they ran into trouble. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, we don't see you on the list here. Go to that table. That table says, go to this booth. Go to that. So I got the runaround once I actually got there. But you got in. But sure enough, I got in. So thank you to Bob and Sarah, the two people I was emailing with that got me in because that was awesome. They really helped me out there. And sure enough, got in and, um, I mean, beautiful setting at the Maui Cultural Center. I uh, couldn't see the beach too much, but, I mean, you could see the hills of the Maui Mountains. Um, they have a really cool stage there that was having music going on, three different br- three different uh, bands. So, I mean, the setting there was, it was perfect, obviously. Does it get to a point where you're basically just drinking beer in a glorious place and everything just tastes awesome because you're in an awesome spot? Yes and no. Like, that's what I thought. I was like, dude, this is the Maui Brew Fest. Like, I'm going to love everything that's here. And This pig piss tastes delicious. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so I was looking all around like, God, I even said to my buddy Tanner, who was actually in town at the same time I was there, and he went. And uh, I just said to him a few times. Sounds like he paid the 65 bucks to he, get in. He did. I tried to have him get the VIP pass to join me in there. And um, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to stomach that. I'll, <laughs> I'll just pay the 65 for the general admission. So, But I said to him many times, I was like, dude, take this setting in. It was like stoner moment, basically. Like, dude, look at these hills and these mountains. Like, oh, This is amazing. So in that sense, yes, it's like you could have given me anything and it was good. But I had... 10 beers there at the festival, probably like 15 different while I was there in Maui. And there were some that I tried at the festival that definitely when I had them, I'm like, whoa, this is okay. I don't know about this. So it was very much not <laughs> give me anything that, you know, and I'll be fine with it. There were some that I love, I loved, and then some that I was not down for at all. So what was the typical style that you found most common when you were there? Or was it kind of all over the place? Because Hawaii is kind of become a little bit of a craft beer haven itself. Yeah, it's like, it was a lot of light beers. Like, I I like red ales, and I felt like there was only one or two ambers. Um, There were a couple porters as well, but I felt like there was a lot of the lighter stuff. And then IPAs, I feel like you can look at, you guys can look at the sheet that had all the beers there. That, you can point out a lot of IPAs on there. Well, not all of them were from Hawaii, right? Some of these are, I see actually Breakside's on here, and Rogue, and Hop Valley. I want to say six or seven of them were from Oregon. Um, There were 11... Hawaiian um, breweries as well. Um, a few from California. Uh, so it was a good mix of like from all over that came to the festival. But when I was there, my goal was to try only Hawaiian beers. All right. So what did you, what was your favorite then? What was your, the best brewery or the best single beer that you had while you were there? You know, I don't, it's, I was really thinking about it over the last week. And it could be because I'm biased because I did an interview with the owner. But Big Island Brew House, they had two pretty good beers that when I was looking at what I tried, uh, I, I think they take the cake. They had a Pelagic IPA, which Tom Kearns, the owner and founder of Big Island Brew House, he's going to talk about that um, in the interview Next I did with podcast. him. Yeah, when the interview I did with him. And then they also had a coconut cream ale as well. And I'm not a big coconut fan, but I tried the cream ale because of how big, obviously, the Pelican beer here is. And... It was solid. Like even the coconut came through really good for me. Like I had a porter with coconut in it. wasn't too crazy about it. But Big Island Brewhouse had um, two really good beers. And then as far as just like the more 
different beers that I had that I really liked. Kona had two solid ones as well. Sellouts. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm always worried about the coconut beers because I'm always worried that they're going to taste like suntan lotion. Right. Did right. you get that in some and not in others? I think I got that more with the porter and yeah, not the cream ale. Just a little ale. too much, but the cream yeah. ale, because you got to be careful with it. It's like yeah. you want subtle coconut flavor. Yeah. Otherwise, you're in trouble. So I, I don't want to take away the description that Tom uh, did, but I I have the label like right here in front of me, so I'm going to read it from Big Island Brewhouse. It says it's uh, they used um, hand-toasted coconuts, and then they use, um, I'm trying to think of what else they use, but I want to say they toast them twice. Okay. Um, but it just says good. With I'm sp- assuming that gives extra flavor in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, and um, it just says good with spicy foods, fried food, Thai food, pizza, um, refreshing cream ale, rich in harmonious flavors, slightly dry, and crowned with the flavors of hand toasted coconut. Mm. So Tom- I like I like coconut, and I've enjoyed coconut beers in the past. So that does sound really, really solid. I'm actually not a huge cream ale guy in general, but coconut cream is a dessert. So, so it sounds delicious to me. And Maui Brewing Company, they had a coconut porter. Okay. So I, You said you didn't like that one that much. No, and I, it could just be the double whammy of I'm not usually a big fan of coconut or porters. So. Okay. <laughs> but um, they also had a cocoa bean that was there, and I have uh, descriptions of them as well because each of the beers there, they had their little description cards of what they had. Have you um, been to other brew festivals before? Just the Portland one. Does this compare at all to that? Was it better because the location or was it? it? And I talk about it in the interview. It's like so much more relaxing because I feel like at the Portland one, just so many damn people and you got to wait in the lines. And, and everybody's just trying to get loaded. Yeah. And the yeah. yeah. Now, luckily yes. at the Portland Beer Fest, some of the people that are pouring, they're a little bit more generous, you know. At the Maui Brew Fest, your glass is like you fill that up, to, and that's your four ounces there. Whereas if you can get a four, like the mug at the Portland Brew Fest, uh, yeah, the four ounces can sometimes turn to six or seven. They just you know pour yeah. a little bit more. So I remember that happening last year. So unless you get Janet, Janet gives you like three point six. <laughs> yeah, ounces. she yeah she's measuring it out. With Thanks, like, Janet. Yeah, using a beaker and stuff like that, scientific equipment. But I hope um, Janet's not a real person. Uh, really, it was. Um, it was much more relaxing, obviously. I mean, we're in Maui, but it was so many less people, smaller area, and you didn't have to wait in the lines. You could literally walk up and get your beer right away. How was the food there, too? It was all free. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was another thing. Like At pri- the actual festival? Yeah, price of admission. There was a bunch of different food uh, carts and food trucks there, and um, all of it was free. So, I mean, like, you could, there was different desserts, there was a chocolate fountain. Was that for everyone or just uh, the VIP? Everybody. See, that yeah, makes the 65 a little yeah, more easier It's to worth the price of admission almost there alone. So, I mean, you get free food and it's, I want to say for general admission, it's, um, it was like three and a half hours. So, three and a half hours of uh, eight beers. I think general admission got you eight beers and then as much food as you wanted, live music um, and... Just wear your sun uh, suntan uh, lotion or your sunscreen because I got absolutely cooked on my feet in the front of my legs while I was there. Oh, you forgot to suntan up the feet, didn't you? Yeah, dude. That's a like, key forgetful thing because you put flip-flops on and you're like, ah, my feet will be dude, fine. every day it was like Wrong. discovering what I didn't put sunscreen on. I was like, <laughs> oh, need it for that. And then the next day, like, oh, need it for that. Oops, didn't put it there. So, um, yeah, I got cooked, but there was some cloud coverage that helped out every now and then. I'm just looking at this. 14 of the 45 breweries 
44 breweries that were here are from the islands. Okay, 14. There you yeah. go. Even more 14 than 14 of 44. I think one of them was- I a, mean, there's a cidery that I I was going to say, there was a cider company but Two that, Towns is on here. Angry Orchard is on here, so I'm just counting it. I guess 14 of the 44 participants mm. in the Brewers Festival- uh, were from the islands. Nice. So That's pretty red. I got my pictures up here of all the descriptions because I want to run through a couple of these. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so the first one came from Beer Lab uh, Hawaii, and they had the Wong Way um, IPA, I believe it was. Uh, and this one was actually, I just learned this today looking it up. That was a collaboration beer with them and a celebrity chef, Leanne Wong. Okay. And she was on the very first Top Chef, I want to say, either Top Chef or Iron Chef America. She was on the very first season of Top Chef. That's what it was. And this was a sour ale. So, Patrick, you probably love it. Yep. This is why I started here with uh, what they call lily koi, which is just passion fruit. Sweet. But that is the Hawaiian term for it, lily koi and ginger. Sign me up. And there's tons of ginger along the hills in Maui, too. Like my aunt, who's lived there for 30 plus years, she was pointing out everywhere all types of different gingers so that's a big ingredient there for a lot of things so that one didn't know it was a sour when i walked up and tried it so yeah i said ipa initially it definitely was a sour now that i remember and walked up to it tried it and yeah it was it got me right away i was like whoa hey whoa hey whoa my buddy tanner he loved it he's a fan of sour so he was really enjoyed that one and i knew that you would have liked it as well so uh big island brew house already talked about it a little bit um, and Tom Kearns is going to talk about it as well in the interview, but the Plagic IPA, which made me feel like at home with that too. When I was drinking that, that felt like a solid, like West coast, Northwest style. Y- yes, yes, definitely. And you'll hear from him. He has the West roots and the Oregon roots as well. Nice. Nice. Yes. And then the coconut cream ale, of course. And then, uh, move on to Honolulu beer works, which probably wins best naming for me. And I think they jumped on a little trend here because they had one beer called Queen of Thorns. It was a Game of Thrones beer, I guess. Mm. And uh, the description of this one, it was aged in Chardonnay barrels, Imperial Farmhouse Ale, white wine characteristics, medium full body, refreshing finish. That Chardonnay really, like that taste really came through on it. Like I think they definitely capitalized on the name. That reminds me of our beer of the week a week or two ago the grains of wrath one where i was like this tastes like white wine and we found out that it was using nelson Sauvin, yeah hops hops which was basically white wine types of hops i was like hey yes yeah, so, so that sounds good yeah this one yeah it caught me off guard because i was not expecting the, <laughs> the chardonnay to t- come through as much and that was a 9.3 so that was my first one of the day you're um, starting off nice and yeah, alcoholic started there. Off, yeah, started off and start off hot there. So um, the next one, sorry again, I went to Kona. I did two. They had a hibiscus IPA, which is the little like red flowers that you'll find all over the island. Um, that was a hibiscus uh, brute IPA, and then they that was an eight point two, so another high one. And then I had honestly, this one was really good. Their uh, cucumber, not cucumber, cucumber Kolsch. Um, really, I mean. Refreshing as hell. I don't know if you guys have ever had cucumber water before. Yes. <laughs> like so You go to good. a hotel lobby and they have that sitting there for you. Dude, you can, <laughs> do it at home. It is uh, so amazing with some like Brita filtered water. Whew, cucumber water is amazing. <laughs> so a cucumber Kolsch. I'm sorry, Patrick. I got to give it to Kona on that one. That was, it's a good beer. It was solid. They got a lot of money behind them. I hope they make decent beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, that one was good. It was a little gimmicky and I don't know if you could drink it all the time, but on like a hot day for sure. Um, and then uh, Lanakai, um, they had the, uh, gosh, 
and this is the wor- hardest part about visiting there is trying to pronounce everything. Yeah. Like without sounding like straight off the boat, white dude. Idiot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I found out they only have like 18 letters in their alphabet. And then uh, one of the letters is like the little apostrophe, the little accent mark. Mm-hmm. That is one of their letters to them. So trying to pronounce anything is just like brutal. Um, Haleakala. That's one of, uh, that's the name of the mountain on Maui. And uh, that was one where they used strawberries, I want to say. I got the description right here. Noticing a lot of fruit beers. Yeah. Um, this Hawaiian wild ale uses native Hawaiian yeast, Waialua, that was captured off the skin of local summer mango from Oahu, then aged over hand-picked upcountry Maui strawberries. Like That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that is something you just really can't get here. And it was really tart. It had a tart flavor to it, for sure. That is very, very craft beer descriptors right there. <laughs> yeah, right? Over these hand-picked local strawberries that we, we slaved over ourselves. The skin of local summer mango from right. Oahu, yeah. It's and, like mango zest, but the skin of local mangoes. <laughs> mangoes. Seriously. Hawaiian yeast, Waialua. And then um, that one was an 8.3. Uh, we also, so were you just loaded at the end of this? By the end of this, yeah. My buddy was driving us home. He's he's a pretty stout guy. He can put them down and still be fine. Me, no. I was like, yeah, you're you're taking. Us I just home. saw that Lagunitas is pouring Waldo. That's like twelve <laughs> percent. Dude, there were some rough ones there, honestly. And then what else we have here? The Maui Brewing, which was um, that was they. I tried two of their beers that are beers like I don't normally drink, which is the Black Pearl, Pearl Porter, twelve point three. Ugh. <laughs> uh, toasted coconut chips uh, for a porter, twelve point three. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So the description of this, I actually see a lot of this stuff. I like took it, and I haven't read it really until today. What it was. So I was like, oh. Huh. It was barrel aged. Barrel aged in Woodford Reserve, Heaven Hill, Four Roses bourbon and go. brandy barrels. I and do four, like I do like Four Roses. I was gonna say I, I, I like four, four Roses bourbon, and uh, this rare beer offers a pleasant mouthful and distinct notes of oak, vanilla, chocolate, caramel, and warming spice that sounds right up my alley yeah that yeah. sounds like a beer i would beeline to have too many of them and be done after four <laughs> and that was um that was another their other porter that they had was the cocoa bean which was uh, manoa cocoa nibs and maui vanilla bean um which also gave a dark chocolate toasted nuts and sweet cream to our award-winning imperial coconut porter 9.4 for that as well so, yeah, Joe was going in on some of the higher beers, which is not normally what I do. Like I said, this this trip, I want to try all Hawaiian, but also stuff that I don't normally try. So porters, the sours, I definitely hit them all, I feel like. And this last one was the biggest mistake I made of the day. Um, <laughs> and I, I have nothing against him. Waikiki Brewing Company. Uh I wanted to try it because it was an amber ale. I'm already looking at names on this. <laughs> it felt like it was the only amber ale there, so I went towards it, and uh, it was the jalapeno mouth. Jalapeno mouth. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, I've had this like kick with jalapeno over the last few months. I've been like eating jalapeno a lot more just in foods altogether. So because they're tasty. Yeah, dude. It's like a revelation to me. It's amazing. So this one, I tried it. And I'm I'm sorry, it was a mistake. That that jalapeno spice in it is just not not no something mas. that's yeah. Would you have liked it better if you knew what you were getting into? Were you expecting to try a really simple amber that was tasty and easy to drink, and all of a sudden you just got punched in the face with spice? Basically, it's I don't know. The jalapeno mouth, right? But I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I was like, well, it's a jalapeno beer, but I don't know what 
what's going to happen here, basically. So I, I like my amber. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And yeah, the aftertaste, that jalapeno spice came in there. And it was rough. Their, uh, their description, multi-balanced amber ale, provides the base for this beer, which utilizes fresh jalapeno chilies in the boil. A wonderful green chili aroma at the forefront of this beer with just enough pepper heat on the finish. Yeah, just enough pepper, that's for sure, <laughs> to draw you in for another glass. I was good after that. I said, thank you, Waikiki. I'm sure you guys make other great beers. Uh, they have the Black Honey Saison, which I did not Saison. try. Um, but neither um, of us are big Saison fans either. So I think I had one at last year's Portland Brew Fest and I was not down for that. So, so what I'm most fascinated about by this is it really does look like they're taking craft beer by the horns and making all sorts of styles and trying all sorts of experimental stuff. And, but they're using the local ingredients, which is what craft beer is all about. Yeah. And just all the descriptions of those beers you were reading to me, it's like, Oh, I've never been to Hawaii, but when I go to Hawaii, I'm going to go try a lot of craft beer Dude, because it, to me that is uh, that that sounds awesome. It's not just simple red stripe. That's all you get. Like I was talking about earlier, you're getting a lot of options, which is cool. Yeah, and at the grocery stores too. I mean, like they have. I want to say that um, it was. Ma- I mean, all of them. Maui Brewing Company, Kona, Honolulu Beer Works had a ton of beer there, just in the stores that you could buy. And this is absolutely brutal. Six pack of uh, Honolulu Beer Works. That's some of their, what I was going to ask. Some of their best that they had, thirteen ninety nine for a six pack of cans. Some of their best. There's the there's the import prices right there. They had a 12, even though they're made on the island. I know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how that all works out. But twelve ninety nine for another one. Um, yeah. So by day seven, I was ready to get up out of there just for that alone. Like I would go to a restaurant and get a, get a meal. And every pint was at least $7, whether it was good, bad. I mean, so by that last day, for sure, I was ready to go. Also had like small little canned beers, the Mahana Humpback Island Lager. That was on my dinner cruise I took, just simple canned beer, really light. And then uh, I drank like five Big Swell IPAs from Maui Brewing Company one day. And that that with some Bacardi rum ended up in a blackout, mm. unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I haven't blacked out in a very long time. Dude, it was brutal. It was a good four or five hour gap, gone, missing. No no memories of that. But the Big Swell IPA, that was what I was drinking on my beach day, technically. I went snorkeling, and that was just what I'd come off the beach with, drink a few of those, and yeah, Big Swell IPA was solid. Another one that made me feel at home with the IPA taste. So Well, appreciate the, the rundown, Joe. That's cool. It's cool that you got to go there and do this, and thank you for being our roving reporter, because that's a lot of great information for people going to Hawaii who are listening to this podcast. Dude, I, I mean, honestly, one, when I was booking my trip, it said, it, like, what are the best months to go? Usually it says September, May, because it's heat starting to get up and it's starting to wind down. So I booked my trip in May. Obviously, the brew fest kind of fell in my lap with that. But I honestly feel like the timing that it's in May, end of May, it's something to plan around when you're going to Maui. It's a weekend thing, so you can go on a Saturday. If you have kids, you can leave them with the babysitter or grandparents or whatever. I like honestly, that was a legit event. And if you are in thinking about going to Maui, I would look in May for next year, honestly, and just wait it out because good time of year for the weather. But honestly, just an awesome event that they put on. Just tons of great beer. And honestly, looking at all this stuff too, I'm sad. I'm like, damn, dude, I should have relished in this a little bit more, taking it in because this is a lot of 
good, unique beer that you can't hey, get on the mainland. It so. sounds like you got a lot of good beer anyway. Yeah. And a lot of high alcohol content beer. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I was, seriously, I was good by the end of that. Uh, sure. You want to set up the interview that's going to be played next here on the podcast? Yeah. So this is Tom Kearns, founder and uh, owner of Big Island Brewhouse, which is on Maui, or excuse me, on Hawaii, the Big Island. And um, you'll be surprised about his background because he's got Oregon roots. Um, he's got Northwest roots. Um he knew my aunt through paddling on like rigger boats. So really cool guy. I sprung him, uh, sprung the interview on him that day. I'm sure he wasn't obviously planning to do that. So it was cool of him to take some time to do that. And um, yeah, cool dude. Great beers. Like I said, his beers were probably my favorite out of all of them that I tried. I wish I could have tried more. They only gave us 10, but um, yeah. Tom, only 10. Yeah, only <laughs> 10. Yeah. But uh, Tom Kearns of uh, Big Island Brewhouse is the man I did the interview with. Thank him for it and um, hope everyone enjoys it. Well, that's next. Thank you, Joe, here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, Joe Fisher here with uh, Beers on Us podcast, basically correspondent in the field and one of the best locations in the world that you could ask for, not only Maui, but the Maui Brew Fest. Uh, beer flowing. I was telling my uh, guest here, Tom Kearns, which is the founder of Big Island Brew House, that this is, compared to the Portland uh, Beer Fest, I mean, so relaxing. Probably like a tenth of the people that are at the Portland one. Uh, just one of the best places to have a brew fest. But again, my uh, guest here is Tom Kearns with Big Island Brew House. Now, I actually knew about you through my aunt, who's been on the island for about 30 years now, and you guys used to do paddle boarding together, right? Well, yeah, a rigger canoe. Uh, we were in the same club, uh, you know, and growing, you know, West Maui, small town. You kind of know everybody. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, she's already ran into like six people within the first 24 hours of me being here, so definitely know that. Sure, absolutely. And, and plus, we also shared Oregon roots because I. I grew up uh, in Willamette Valley and went to high school in Newburgh and lived in Portland for many years. And so uh, she's from Lincoln City, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Tampa back in the day. And so, yeah, you know. Um, and it's, yeah, it's great to, to be back on Maui. Uh, I, I uh, founded uh, Fish and Game Brewing Company here in two, 90, uh, 1997 which later became Maui Brewing Company by 2005. And so I was here through 2008. So I've brewed a lot of beer here on Maui, and, and it's always good to come back and say hello. And, yeah, yeah. And that's... You know, rub elbows. And that's basically what I was going to get to next. It's like, give me your brewery background. You just said that you were, you know, uh, went to high school in Newburgh. So, I mean, you yeah. have that background of being in Oregon and in Hawaii. Just give me the all-around brewery background for you, though. Yeah, well, I started home brewing uh, like so many uh, of my generation in Portland. Uh, Steinbart's uh, is a company that sells homebrew supplies and whatnot, and, and that's where I kind of got my start, just doing that in the early 90s. And, and uh, then I decided to go pro and got a job with McMenamins back in the day, and I, was, I brewed for them for a few years from 93 through 95, and uh, then I opened a brewery, had the opportunity to open a brewery for some folks in the Philippines, and I was there for about a year, and then returned to Oregon, and long story short, ended up opening a brewery on Maui in 97, and stayed there for almost 10 years, 
about. Yeah, a little more. And, and that uh, is Maui Brewing Company. Yeah, and that became Maui Brewing Company. Yeah. And um, still really good with those guys. Um, they're good, good friends. And, but uh, my wife and I wanted to move back to the Big Island and and live there and brew there. And so we uh, found found a way to make that happen. And we started doing that in 2008. And we started brewing in 2011, and so we've been brewing since then. We do a wide range of beers, from ales and lagers, infused beers, Belgian-style beers, some barrel aging. You know, uh, basically we set out to create a community gathering place, and uh, the community has embraced us. It's been it's been a blast. We, we have a great restaurant, do uh, locally sourced um, sort of... Uh, Pacific Rim style as well as uh, Mexican Southwestern flavors and uh, um, along with we have anywhere from 18 to 20 different beers available usually and and they range throughout the year depending on our our whim and what we're what we're doing so what's like uh, your favorite part I, I guess about brewing in Hawaii but I guess the big island because I mean that's completely different you got a little bit bigger uh, land to work with over there so yeah well the, uh hawaii in general just has a great uh uh range of things to draw from agriculturally fruits and different spices and herbs and nuts and berries and all kinds of things of that nature um and then just re- regular traditional styles that we want to do in our own way and, and bring bring to the community and share and so yeah we're always looking at different things this comes specifically from the podcast host, Patrick. He wants to know what the water is like, because obviously water is a big makeup of beer. So it's what is the water like here in Hawaii? Obviously, you got the ocean and the mountains here. It's why so much. Yeah, sure. It does vary. Uh, we are real fortunate in Waimea. We're up country on the big island, and we have very soft water, similar to what Portland and that area would experience. And so we can... We can add minerals to do hoppier beers or do smooth lagers with pretty much no additions. Um, so that, that, that makes it easy. Um, but it's not always true throughout the state. There's a fair amount of water that needs to be, you know, they'll basically uh, filter and do reverse osmosis and then go ahead and add everything back in. And that's not uncommon, but uh, we're pretty blessed with good water where we are. Nice, nice. And you, you've already mentioned it before, but what's it like working with the ingredients? You said you got a lot of fruits, spices, and everything, but uh, hops, I mean, like, the climate changes here. I mean, I've only been here for a couple of days, but going around the island here in Maui, obviously you're on the big island, but I mean, just being around Maui, there's so many different, it's like desert climate on the southern part of the island. It's like, so it's ever-changing. What's it like? working with the ingredients here and then getting ingredients here if it's like costly i mean how does that all work being here basically you know, the it doesn't ocean, really so. change things that much i mean you still have to plan ahead we have a yeah, yeah. you know a little longer time we have to plan for uh transportation you yeah. know um and organizing that so uh, you know the, the big thing you can look forward to wherever you are really is do, using seasonal flavors that might uh you know add to what you're doing and so we we're always looking at that we do different fruits throughout the year with different beers um and other than that it's uh you know brewing is is 
kind of the same wherever you are. Uh, you know, we pursue our passion and, and love to share it. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Like this again, I can't stress it enough. Like this is honestly the best way a brew fest should be done. Like in paradise, like this. Yeah, like, this, this is a great is, like... location for sure. Um, <laughs> Maui Arts and Cultural Center. It it's also poses as a fundraiser for. Uh, the Maui Arts and Cultural Center, and, and they provide all kinds of things. It's not just um, music venue, but but they do a lot of different things for the community, and so it's great to give back and great to be a part of that. Yeah, and they've like helped you guys out. And I mean, how's the beer industry here as a whole? I mean, like you said, you worked with Maui Brewing Company before. You helped start them up. You're still really close to those guys. So, how's the industry as a whole right now, basically? Yeah, you know, it continues to grow and evolve, and. I mean, I was one of those guys in the early 90s. That yeah, you're like a, vet- I you're a veteran in this game, basically. Yeah, I couldn't, un- you know, back then and still today, I can't understand why people would drink something that doesn't inspire them as far as flavor goes. That goes for yeah. food, too. But, yeah, yeah. you know, um, more and more people, uh, because of our efforts, as well as other people involved in agriculture and, and, and food business in general, you know, people have better taste for food, for uh, craft beverages, coffee, beer, you know, spirits. So, I mean, it's an evolution. People, people have better taste these days. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I tried a hibiscus beer. Uh, I think Maui Brewing Company was doing that, or uh, Kona. yeah, sure. I think it was Kona was doing for their 25th hibiscus beer. They've got a cucumber beer. I mean, I've tried two or three different uh, coconut beers today. And that was the one thing is I, I'm not usually a coconut fan, but I did want you to talk about your no, coconut no. cream ale because <laughs> over in Oregon on uh, Pacific City, we have the Kwanda cream ale, which is like super popular. One of the most famous beers on uh, in, in Oregon. On oh, absolutely. Coast, the, so. Yeah, the, the Pelicans yes. Kwanda cream ale is a yeah. quintessential for that style. It's one all Definitely. kinds of awards over the years. Definitely. It's always inspired me as a benchmark. And so we, you know, try to kind of take that style of beer and then add a layer of coconut. So we take uh, coconut and we toast it in the oven and um, add it both on the hot side as well as the cold side of, of the beer. And so it adds a real nice element of fresh toasted coconut flavors. And so it's, it's uh, definitely summertime refreshing you know sit under the, the palm tree and enjoy a coconut beer and we've also i've been playing with coconut for years uh when i was with maui brewing company did the coconut porter and we also do a porter that also has coffee in it called white mountain porter and coconut goes really well with beer um and and with a cream ale like a golden ale it 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 doesn't have some of those dark flavors that blend with coconut. It's more we're playing on some of the the body and the malt character of the beer and blends really nicely with the coconut flavor. That's definitely like I said, man, like coconut for me, I and that might just be coconut flakes. That's always been the tough part with like coconut flakes and desserts and stuff oh, like sure, that. Oh sure, yeah. But the coconut in your cream ale and even in the beers here, it's like it's easy to go down. Coconut really stands out, but it's really good and easy to drink as well yeah we didn't pull back any punches on that it's definitely a coconut beer <laughs> you can have it taste it like i had uh, one of the coconut porters here and i felt like your guys is the coconut stood out a lot more on that so and then you guys had uh, also the pelagic ipa 
Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Oregonians love their IPA. So, I guess, give me the description about yours. What makes yours different, stand out? Well, this is definitely uh, an approach to a West Coast style, so not as much malt character. Uh, We are... Our bread and butter IPA is our overboard IPA, and that's more like a Northwest style in the sense it has just a little more uh, malt character to it. Um, But the Pelagic IPA, um, which means open ocean, um, we actually do this beer in a number of different hop combinations. And this one, um, we've also added sea salt to. um, But uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's uh, hopped with Mandarina Bavaria, and Citra, as well as uh, Simcoe hops, and so it's it's definitely tropical, and then got a little little dank, little little pine and and uh, herbal goodness as well. So nice, it's a good beer. Nice, I like the Simcoe hops. Joe IPA is one of my favorite beers, and they've got the Simcoe hops in there as well. So like that's a solid solid beer there. So the Simcoe, I'm down with that. Now you're at the Big Island Brew House. Again, you said you were at uh, the Maui Brewing Company for a while. What's been kind of the biggest uh, struggles of starting a brewing uh, company from scratch, but also the biggest rewards as well in Hawaii? I mean, what's it been like for you basically starting here, starting your own brewing company, the struggles, and uh, again, the rewards that have came from it as well? Yeah, I don't know uh, if I have a short answer to that. Other than, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, know, you go to work want, every day, yeah. and uh, you know we want to be creative with with what we like to share. And um, it, it was a lot of fun to be able to do our own thing, and, you know, and, and create a brand that that speaks to you know our our directions, our path, and in, in what we want to share. And uh, you know we continue to do that and, and it's, it's a lot of fun so again this is the 11th brew fest have you been to all 11 i might have missed one or two before <laughs> we actually brewed we started brewing in 2011 and okay. i think maybe the first couple we might not have been here because we were busy trying to build a brewery but yeah we started out as just a brew pub and then within a few years we were able to uh, package and so we do some some bottling and we we share our bottles as well as draft throughout the state of Hawaii we don't generally send it outside the state because uh, we can sell everything right here we just keep it close to home uh, we did we did about 2,000 barrels production last year and, and uh, that's about where it's our sweet spot it's probably where we'll Keep it close to home. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I guess I mean, kind of sum things up. Where do where do you expect things to go from here? Business is booming into the state, so probably want to keep it in here. But there was a line that went around the block just for the VIP part of it. I didn't see what the general admission was like, but there's tons of people out here. I don't know if that's the norm or if that keeps growing every year. But where do you expect things to go from here? Just for not only the festival but the beer industry here in Hawaii. Well, I think it'll continue. Um, you know, people understand, you know, uh, that what we're creating is special. You know, it's craft beer, and and most of the brewers involved are really following a unique path and doing their own thing and inspiring each other to, to, to make quality beer. And, and right along with that, we have food and music, and 
and beautiful people bouncing around. Which so. is clutch, by the way. For the for the ticket, you get the free food, you get all the beer, you get the music, the beautiful scenery. I mean, it's well worth the price of admission. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think uh, it's not going out of style anytime soon. Nice, nice. Well, again, this is Tom Kearns with Big Island Brew House, founder of Big Island Brew House. He's been with uh, the Maui Brewing Company before, a veteran in uh, Hawaii brewing all together. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it so much for being with me uh, during this for the Beers on Us podcast. And uh, let's drink some more beer, I guess. I don't know how many more. You probably have unlimited access. I have one left. I got one too, so we might have to go share one. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. All right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Cheers to you guys. Aloha. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And I chose this beer today because we talked about it on the podcast, uh, but yet you said you didn't go to this event. No, I I didn't get the chance to. I was curious if you had had a chance to try it, and I was curious to try it after having the event. It is the She's Fast Enough for You, Old Man IPA from Level Beer. Right. And Star Wars name, which is awesome. And you were saying that some breweries were changing the name of the beer just for the event, but I yeah. guess Level made this beer to be Star Wars. Looks like in this general. is a Star Wars theme. Um, I've got a great story about this beer okay. before you open it. Okay. Um, it was the Blazers four overtime game, right? Okay. So I had gotten to Bridgetown at halftime, okay. and the place was bananas. There's tons of people in there. And I just standing room only at that point, basically standing room only. And I found a spot to kick it with some friends, uh, right in a, actually a great spot in the bar to watch, to watch the game. And, and I looked down and I saw this beer in the cooler and I thought to myself, ah, I can't make it to this. I'm going to try this right now. I'm so excited. So I grabbed it off the shelf and the bartender opened it for me and then poured it into a glass. And I was real excited to find out that this Michael is a hazy, is a hazy IPA. Why? Yeah. Why does this keep happening? I'm okay. I'm sorry. I I apologize because I saw this and was really excited. And maybe it's good. Uh, You said you've tried it, so I have tried it. But I, (sighs) it's really thick, dude. It literally just says India Pale Ale. Yeah. Doesn't say it anywhere on it. It says, "What are the ingredients? Only hops, water, green yeast, and no questions asked." A hop named Galaxy from a country far, far away. So use Galaxy Hops. Yes. Please. Please. Anybody who works in breweries who is listening to this, at least label it a hazy. It Not says, everybody likes hazies. Right. It just says IPA. It just says IPA. Let's see what the bottom says. I can't read it. Maybe yours is better. There we go. Nothing fancy. Yeah, man. So All this right. is a hazy IPA from Level Brewing. This looks very, very juicy. If I'm going to go ahead and give it the correct nomenclature for a hazy beer. That's a hazy. I can't stand this beer. That's a hazy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I do not like this beer. Um, there's something about it. There's this weird kind of like sour tang to it that I'm not really digging. I don't really care for the way it finishes. 
Uh, it says it claims it has high hop character flavor, but I just get kind of like it is right on the top. It's really hoppy, like right at the beginning. Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, there's the hops, and then because it's the hazy juice stuff, it fades so fast. Although I am getting a little bitterness at the end, yeah, sitting on my tongue. But I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been, I've been fooled, yeah, too many times by this now, and I'm very frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I usually like level beer too. Uh, I think they make great stuff. This was this is a beer that is a a swing and a miss for me. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I dislike it as much as you do. I can tell how angry you are right now. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be cr- uh, constructively critical. Um, I like the hop so character on the top. Deep in color, like it is very very clearly an orange juice hazy beer. Or maybe a lemonade, grapefruit juice, if you want to go a different color. Just please label your beers hazy, guys. Come on. Ugh. Come on. I'm sorry. This Do you, do you like this, Joe? Um, I actually have fancied hazy IPAs over the last uh, few months. Basically, uh, the l- new girlfriend, the new lady and I. We've We're actually, haters, yeah, to preface. We, we've tried a few. and If you I've, couldn't tell. I've come to appreciate them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know what it is about canned beer also. This came out of the can. I could be doing it for me also. Um, yeah, this is underwhelming for me, I'd say. I just... Look, we've had some hazies. And it's the Star Wars reference. I know, I know. It's like so great, too. We've had some hazies that have actually been solid. Yeah. Um, the Lewitt one that we had was actually really good. Yep. Um, we had another one that I can't remember. Yeah, there was another that we had that actually really, really surprised us with how good it was. I can't remember what it was. Uh, apologies if you if you remember from one of the random episodes that we did there were a couple in a row that we did where we we're like you know what maybe they're starting to really understand this hazy stuff and not making it so juicy the problem is is that the reason people like this style of beer is because it's the juicy juice bomb it's less hoppy it's less bitter it's way easier to drink but to me it doesn't taste like beer it just tastes like a beer juice if that makes any sense at all yeah and i'm really 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 frustrated by the lack of labeling it a hazy I mean, this this doesn't even try to beat around the bush and say, like, New Age IPA or Modern IPA or Juicy IPA. It just says IPA. Yeah. I mean, it's... Like, am I sure. supposed to know because it's a Millennium Falcon reference no. and that it's Millennium and close to Millennial and so they, no. like, haze, like, am I supposed to dive into think, deep I like think, that? And we've actually had some people who listen to the podcast tweet us and reach out to me that enjoy hazies and i'm sure that they get frustrated when we when we act like this around them but it's just our palate apologies for that but it's just how we feel um i don't like this beer we've we've i'm not i'm not gonna you know i mean you know how i feel about hazies i think anybody that listens to this knows how i feel about hazies but i'm constantly i will always try them i'm always looking for something that's positive out of it this just misses it for me um this beer specifically I just, I think we've reached a point now where enough people enjoy hazies to where it's being accepted as a regular IPA now, where I think that's BS. Where to me, it's and a regular IPA is a West Coast IPA. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If you want to label it Northwest IPA, which I've seen many times, which is slightly different, do it. If you want to label it hazy IPA, which other breweries do do, do it. If it's Whatever IPA, double IPA, triple IPA, golden IPA, whatever it is, label your beer that way so that you're not tricking someone into drinking it. This to me, and I'm sure it's not the case, but to me it feels like a trick to get people to drink this who don't like hazies, right? Because you're like, I love level. I love IPAs. Regular IPA on the bottle or on the can means West Coast IPA, and then you get a hazy and you're like, well, I've already opened it, so I'm going to drink it. Um, And it hooked me in with the Star Wars love, too. I know, I know. So 
It's like the Game of Thrones beer. Like the Game of Thrones beer. Yeah. Although some of the Game of Thrones beers have been good for Om the Gang. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed those. That's a Cooperstown, New York brewery, by the way. But um, yeah, well, there's our beer of the week. Apologies for not loving it too, uh, too much. But if you like hazies, if you like classic hazies, you'll probably like this beer because it is a lot of what that is. It's She's Fast Enough for You, Old Man. And then I didn't actually think this was going to be at Bottle Shops because I thought it was just for that event. And that yeah, day. me too. So it's there if you'd like if you'd like to try it for yourself and uh, maybe you'll like it more than we did, but uh, not the best, not the best. Hey, the Blazers won that four overtime game though. Well, that's true. That they did. I think I said that. I think I took a sip of this beer and set it down on the table and said, "This is disgusting. Who wants this beer?" <laughs> and people were like, "I like this beer. This beer is great." And I was like, "You just finished a rain here. Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> maybe they do like that beer though. That's that. That's what I'm saying is, although the two of us do not like it very much, and we have been very vocal about our dislike of hazies. If it's the style that you enjoy, more power to you. I mean, it, we don't like saisons. If you like saisons, great. I don't hate you for not liking imperial stouts, right? Yeah. It's just our own taste, our own taste, and that's fine. I just my biggest beef is please label your beer a hazy if you're making a hazy. Yes, please. Because then we're not getting fooled into beer that we don't want. And then you don't we don't come on the podcast and kind of blast you. Please. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. Apologies for the sad note that ended on. I was enjoying the Island Beer theme in the beginning, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. Coming up next week, uh, we just talked about this. We will likely do, you said, Portland Beer Week episode is next week coming up? Yeah, we could do like a preview. That sounds fun. Uh, so that's coming up. We are still going to do the music one. Uh, we've set that up with Gustav, and we just got to pick a day to record it. Uh, also, we found out that uh, one of the guys who works in the radio building that we work in is a big fan of beer apps and wants to join the podcast to talk about his love of, I believe it's untapped. It's probably untapped. There's also, we could also like lump in, uh, you know, some website stuff like beer advocate, ratebeer.com. We could do like a, uh, so, some, something kind like of based social beer that. or something like yeah. that. And we'll, we'll have him in for that also coming in the, in the next coming weeks. So that's kind of the next month set up. We also want to do our Oregon city episode, uh, with Dave Fleming at some point. Oh, yeah, in the he near, called me. Shout out to Dave. In the near Sorry future. Sorry I didn't call you back. I've been in an Idaho called Udaho. <laughs> uh, so we'll do an that at some point, too. Udaho. Uh, go drink a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa, that sounds amazing right now. And we'll see you next week. Deuces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.